This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. A packed Friday program for you here. We've got the last, well, before our pregame show, the last comments from Jeff Scott, Bob Shoup, and Travis Trickett on this weekend's opponent for homecoming, the Tulane Green Wave. Also in this first segment, you're going to hear from Big Russ, Russell Chiwa, who, as you probably know, his offseason was quite memorable, not always for the best reasons, but he is with the Bulls. And again, I was with the basketball teams on Wednesday for their photo shoot day. Today, we'll let you hear from both centers, Russ Chiwa on the men's side and Dulce Fankamangiadu for the women's basketball squad. We'll also hear some of what both head coaches had to say during the AAC media days. So Jose Fernandez and Brian Gregory, they'll come up in our second block as well. And we've got a full weekend to preview for. There's a cross-country meet if you want to run on over there. To the claw, first time that the cross-country squad has actually had a home meet in three years. And we've got volleyball live tonight on USF Bulls Unlimited against East Carolina, as well as on Sunday. We'll give you a little bit on both opponents for the Bulls. And there's soccer to tell you about on Sunday. We'll be at Corbett Soccer Stadium Sunday night for the men against FIU, while the women will be in East Carolina. We will end the hour with a brief five-minute or so version of Around the American and tell you exactly where the soccer squads fit into the race and the other matches that will be going on this weekend. The women are no longer in first place due to a makeup match that was won by a certain team elsewhere in the state of Florida last night. So again, we'll hang on to that for the second segment and our Around the American portion of things. Also, tennis is playing, so a lot to get to. We will give you all you need to know about Tulane. You probably know they are 5-1 and one on the season, and they just got their quarterback after missing one game, a game that they won in Houston in overtime, Michael Pratt, and he threw for a career high in yards last week as Tulane beat East Carolina. But what really jumps out about that game is the score. Tulane wins it 24-9, to so that East Carolina team – that the week before it played the Bulls, had three points going into the fourth quarter against Navy. And then, of course, as we all know, had 41 points in the first half against the Bulls, had nine for the entire game, just one touchdown by Holt Nailers, who got picked twice. So when Jeff Scott spoke to Jim Lauk and Joey Johnston about the green wave during the coaches' show on Wednesday night, it started off with their defense. Number four in the country in pass defense, number seven in scoring defense, number 15 in total defense in the entire country. So they're doing a great job defensively. I think they're uh, very athletic. Uh, their guys run extremely well. Uh, they're very well coached. They know exactly what they're doing within their scheme defensively. And then on offense, their quarterback uh, is playing at a very high level. I think in his two and a half years, he's already got close to 62 touchdowns uh, responsible for. Uh, their running back is a, a very dynamic player. And then uh, really good at the skill positions. You know, they brought in a couple transfers at, at the receiver position that are playing at a high level for them. And, um, you know, they're, they're one play away from being 6-0, and right? So a really good 5-1 uh, and one team that's coming in. Uh, we did not play well against them last year on the road at Tulane. And uh, so this is definitely uh, going to be a, an opportunity and a, and a big challenge for us to, to be able to go out and, and play well. And, you know, the biggest thing that I've talked to our team about is We've got to respond uh, this week, right, coming off obviously a, a, a heartbreaking loss last week. I didn't feel like we responded very well uh, after the Florida loss. 
uh, the following week. And so that's really kind of what our focus is on is being able to turn the page and, and get ready for a, a very talented two-lane team. There's the head coach now, both coordinators. Let's start off with the defensive side, Bob Shoup. Not only what are you looking at on Tulane's side, and he's got some interesting connections to the Tulane coaching staff that you'll hear on his conversation with me in hour two of our pregame show. That'll be the three o'clock hour on Saturday. But not only Tulane, but then how about being able to play a home game for the first time in forever? They're very balanced. They can throw the ball and run the ball well. Their quarterback's very experienced, and um, you know when he's hot, he's really really hot. Um, the running back's very good. They actually run a little bit of wildcat which is a little bit unorthodox. Uh, they, they probably do as much from a formation perspective. They probably, they probably have as many formations and looks as any team we play. Uh, they're playing with tremendous, tremendous confidence, obviously. They're just uh, you know, a player or two away from being undefeated. And they have won road games against Kansas State and Houston. You know, so they're, uh, you know, they've played a bunch of close games, but they're, they're, they're very well coached, you know, very uh, challenging uh, operation on offense. You know, I've coached probably the longest of anybody on our staff, and I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that. I think I was telling, I was talking to Makai Lapointe the other day. I said the last time we were in the home locker room was after the Howard game. So much has happened since the Howard game, you know, and, you know, whether it's going up to Gainesville, whether it's, you know, traveling to Louisville, whether it's traveling to, you know, having the experience of, you know, the hurricane and being in, in Fort Lauderdale and Boca Raton. And then, you know, last week heading to Cincinnati, just, you know, every Saturday it seems like we're getting home at, at midnight or one in the morning. And it's just, you know, four straight weeks of that, you know, takes its toll on you both mentally and physically. The players have been incredible. They've been resilient. You know, they're doing everything they can to be professional. You know, they show up every morning for week meetings and practice. You know, then they get to the training room, they eat, they go to class, they eat dinner, they take care of the academic obligation, they go to sleep and they come back and do it again. And, and we just need to play better. And we're looking forward to be at, at Ray J on Saturday. We're looking forward to the homecoming crowd and, and hopefully uh, the support from our fans and, and, um, and I know our players are excited to play and, and, and have an opportunity to play well. I mean, it does seem like the Howard game was last year, and we'll be glad to be back at Raymond James Stadium. He back to the offense, mentioned their running back, Ty J. Spears, 78 carries, 323 yards, and six touchdowns in six games. And the quarterback, Michael Pratt, in addition to the nine touchdowns throwing and a 67% completion percentage, also has 247 yards rushing, not including sack yards. So another dual threat type guy for the Bulls to go up against. Now, the defense, we mentioned it with Jeff Scott. What does Travis Trickett have to say about it? Plenty. We have, we have gone through some, some defenses, that's for sure, which is good. You know, we're battle tested. That's the one thing you can't say about us. We're 100% battle tested. They are a different kind of defense. So, yeah, some teams are very aggressive, very attack style very multiple, very this. These guys are very sound, very disciplined, very physical, very good effort. But they want to hit you. They want to play hard. They want to get their hands on you, and they want to come at you. But they do it within a structure that doesn't allow usually really explosive plays. Like, they don't give up a lot of people going by them this year um, because of what they do structurally. It's a bend-don't-break but the moment you try to get greedy, then all of a sudden it's second and 10, and then all of a sudden it's third and nine, third and eight, and then you got a long down distance, you got to convert. So it's just a different kind of defense that's really good. I mean, it's like, you know, there's all different kinds of food and different kinds of people and all that. They're all different. And this is a very different kind of defense um, from being an odd front defense with being able to try to eat up your linemen and let the linebackers run 
and playing a lot of mix and match zone coverages on the back end and then trying to mix in some uh, four down and uh, then third down, try to get exotic on them. So it's, it's a uh, very sound defense. They've done a very good job with the personnel they have, putting them in position to be successful, in my opinion. Because if you try to do some, maybe some other defenses with the personnel, it may not be uh, what they do best. But they've done a good job recruiting and, and coaching to what they've got. they got good coaching staff, obviously, and they turn that thing around uh, defensively. So it's a challenge for us. You know, I would say it's, it's up there. It's, I mean, they're all good. I mean, they all are. <laughs> so far, they've all been good just about. And so we just got another ch- – it's just another task. You, you sit there and you say, I mean, you get in there on Sunday, you're hopefully land. all right, all right, we breathe a little bit. Let's see what we got this week. And then it's no, you're no breathing. You're back at it. So that's just life. It's been fun getting to know the new coordinators, Travis Trickett and Bob Shoup, in my conversations with them. And if you can't tell, he puts in a lot of work, a lot of prep, and they'll be ready to go. Let's hope tomorrow. I have a feeling they will be in the homecoming game. Oh, speaking of ready to go, did you see the indoor performance facility photos tweeted out by football yesterday? The turf is in. It looks like it's practically ready. It's one of the things that Lalo Prado and Michael Kelly speak about on the new Bull Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly. Make sure you check out that episode. We'll replay it plenty this weekend along with live sporting events. The volleyball match on Friday we'll preview for you in our next block. We'll also be doing the Volleyball at One Men's Soccer Twin Bill at 6 o'clock on Sunday. And again, we'll talk more about that in our next segment. We said we we're going to speak to both centers on the basketball teams. I think you all know that Russell Chiwa had an extended summer back home in Cameroon until finally came home. Well, we, we discussed the whole situation here. Love talking to Big Russ Chiwa. With Big Russ Chiwa, first of all, thanks for sitting down because now you don't look so big, but you're still big, everyone, just so you know. <laughs> and I, I know you've told the story. We're not going to make you tell it all over again, but I do want to ask you certain things about what happened. But now that you're here, tell people how long you've been back and how you're feeling basketball shape-wise. Uh, it's been one month and a few days, I think three, four days. And it's, it feels good to be back, you know, be back to my second family, my teammates, my uh, the coaching stuff, you know, and be back on class. Now, how did they ease you in? Did, in other words, <laughs> did they expect you to be fully ready, or did your situation differ a little bit? I mean, bit? no, no, no. They're, they're basketball players, so they know. They know I wasn't ready when I came back, so they know I have to, um, you know, get some extra workout, you know, to be on the same level with my teammates. So I was just, you know, getting basketball shape because I think there's being shape and being in basketball shape. So I was in shape, but I wasn't in basketball shape. (laughs) Tell tell, tell me when, I'm sure you maybe thought it could happen, but was there a moment during a practice or whenever that you're like, oh no, not ready? Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. (laughs) And especially the first two weeks, you know, I was burning, my legs was burning. So yeah, I wasn't ready for that. When listening to Coach Gregory talk about, you know, forget the journey, but as far as your ability on the court, and one thing that he pointed out that maybe people don't think about is you get up and down the court pretty quickly for a big man. Have you always done that? I mean, running uh, has always been my one of the, my big uh, part of the game, you know, because I know if you're a big and you're the first down, you have a lot of change, so you see if, uh, more look, more uh, easy basketball, you know. So that's why um, I'm just trying to get hard running, Every time when I can. Yeah, well, you get a big advantage, obviously. Yeah, advantage. Obviously, we're going to ask you a little bit now. Tell people what you were, other than visiting home, mm-hmm. uh, what you were doing in Cameroon, and did you 
Were you unable to play in the FIBA because of this whole visa situation? Exactly. Uh, my passport, my Cameroonian passport was stuck at the embassy. Oh my gosh. And so I couldn't leave the country. So I was just really stuck. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I was, um, I was called with my national team to get ready for the World Cup um, qualify. Which in, is great news. Yeah, which is great news in Rwanda and Tunisia. But I didn't go to any of them because wow. I was stuck. I didn't have my passport to leave the country. Well, that's when I knew it was a problem because I was cheering for your country. And I was like, wait, e he didn't play. So exactly, yeah. how tough was that? Uh, it was tough because, you know, I was like, whoa, this, is the, this was a big opportunity to go yeah. play, to represent my country. Yeah. And I couldn't make it happen, you know, because I can't control that one. So, yeah, that was kind of... Well, speaking of controlling, a lot of people back home, I think you realized this, wanted to see if they could help get you back over here. What did that mean to you, and who do you want to thank particularly? Yeah, well, I want to say thank you to everybody, uh, especially Coach BG, who uh, brought up everybody he can. You know, he did everything he can. Um, he was taking on me every day. Um, you know, he was, like, following me step by step to get this thing done. So thank you to BG. Thank you to all the people. Thank you to the media, yeah. you guys. Absolutely. Um, because I think after the video I did, you guys um, suggest me to do the vid that video. Uh, after that, I think you know things started to change, and Excellent. that's how I came back. Yeah. Well, so I, thank you to all the people. I would have done whatever I could, but I'm glad <laughs> people that actually had power to yeah, good. Exactly. I want to ask you about you know now it's become kind of your shot. Mm -hmm. Talking about the hook shot, of course, is that something that you could be? I mean, how often do you work My on it? Weapon? Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I think this is one of my my weapon. Like when I'm, I am on the post move and stuff, I'm just trying to go to my hook shot. So yeah, I'll be working on my uh, hook shot every day, about 200, 300 shot every day. What? Yes. So yeah, I mean, it's not easy to do it, but you know, I've been doing this for a long time, so it's gonna become like, I'm gonna say more easier than before. Good. Yeah. Well, I, I assume this, but since I'm a little bit older than you, I, I assume that you know about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and the hook Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah, yeah. The, run, the running hook, yeah, yeah, okay. no, no, absolutely, yeah. Okay, just have to, you're not quite there yet, <laughs> but you're getting there. And then last, last thing, I, I never actually got to hear you talk about the the shot against Cincinnati. Well, that, was that a uh, first time for you, a buzzer beater? Buzzer beater, uh, yeah, that was, that was my first shot, yeah. Jameer Chaplin, three seconds to go on the far sideline, looks to throw it in. Still looking, finds Corey Walker, wide open. He passes inside to Chiwa, jump hook, right hand, good, good! The Bulls just stunned Cincinnati. A broken play, and USF gets a jump hook from Russell Chiwa. They're going to take another look at it, but I had a front row seat, baby, and I think that one counted. Of course, I'm going to give a lot of credit to my teammates, Corey Walker, who uh, trusted me on that moment to, you know, to make that pass, and yeah, he knew, he knew me. He knows my game, so he know I can make that shot, and he just trusts me. Uh, so you weren't nervous? Um, nervous? I don't think nervous the world because this is my shot. I know I can make that shot, but I wouldn't say maybe on that moment. Uh, you know, 54, 54, uh, the last shot of the game. Yeah, I would say a little bit nervous. Yeah. Well, you couldn't tell. Hey, listen, it doesn't matter if at the beginning, the middle, at the buzzer. It, and we're just glad to have you back. It, Thanks, Ross. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Just very humble, very intelligent, and we're so happy to have him back. Boy, Dulce Fancomengiati, one of my favorites on the women's team. She's their tallest player, and she's got a very big heart as well. You're going to enjoy that conversation. A little bit of Jose Fernandez, 
giving you the possible rotation for the Bulls, and previewing a full weekend on campus and some cases on the road when it comes to women's soccer. That's next. Stay tuned. Back to the beat. Bulls beat continues with Derek Sharp. Basketball season feels like it's just here. It's still about three and a half weeks away. But yes, Monday, November the 7th, mark it down. We'll have a double header for you on USF Bulls Unlimited. Not that there was any question, but Jim Lighthall and Joey Johnston return as the men's basketball crew. And I, there could have been a question, but fortunately I'll be back for year number six alongside of Bridget Miranda calling the women's games. We had the photo shoot interviews. We'll hear from Dulcie Fank and Mungiati here in a little bit, but it was on the national stage media day for the conference, and it was the women's basketball coach for the USF Bulls turn to speak. And of course, he was going to talk about the preseason player of the year, Elena Chinecki. The thing with, with Elle, I think if you, if you see when she arrived, she's gotten better in a different facet of the game each year. This is a young lady that that is in the Muma Center every single day. Courtney Williams had those characteristics. She lived in the gym. Kit Yaloxa, Maria Jesperson, Andrea Smith. Elle's got a really bright future. I think she's developed her mid-range game, getting to the rim, and one thing she really focused on this offseason is getting more consistent from three. And you can head to the Americans' YouTube channel to get all of what he had to say, but definitely wanted to bring you this minute-long clip because they were basically trying to get him to drop hints at what we can expect with the lineup. As you know, Elisa Pinzon transferred. She is at Maryland. That She was the point guard for the Bulls the last three years. Sydney Harvey was their two guard. She is at Belmont, one of the teams that's coming to the Gulf Coast Showcase. The Bulls could see them on the last day of that tournament. You have five incoming freshmen, four from Europe, one from Columbia via Florida, and, well, he just decided he was going to give us the entire rotation. So if you're a Bulls women's basketball fan, here are the players you can look for starting at point guard. I'll break it down. You know, at that point guard spot right now, of course, Maria being out, you got Ariel Wilson, you got Marina Asensio, and Jeanette Arneo. Uh, We feel good that, you know, two of those three guys are going to play. Jeanette's more of a wing, but... Uh, Asensio and Wilson will share the point guard duties. You got four really good perimeters in, in Saniki and Puisis and Priscilla Williams, right? Again, Arnie will be that in the mix for that wing spot. At, 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 the, at the four spot, you got Carla Brito, uh, Emma Johansson, Danny Gonzalez, and at the five, you got Dulce. Now, Emma, the big, you know, 6'2, six, 6'3 six, Swedish kid, can play the four and five. So, I, I think we really got right now our, 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 our ten, 10 guys, and that's without Alvarez and McGee. So after 11, 12 team workouts and nine practices, we got a good feel for what our rotation is right now if we played tomorrow a game. You mentioned Maria being out, Maria Alvarez, who is one of the players I spoke to. She's feeling pretty good about her knee situation, but not quite ready yet. And the other one being Caitlin McGee, who is going to be an interior defender sort. And he also mentioned a couple things that were interesting. Anthony Brammer, who's come here for two flights and has been such a valued member of the team as an assistant in charge of video, he is leaving for an assistant job at Evansville. Also, Coach basically hinted they kind of guard who they're playing against. Most teams do this in preseason scrimmages I know who the Bulls are meeting up in a scrimmage this week 
it is a big-time opponent, so they are traveling to try and get in some extra valuable work. Trust me on that. Speaking of valuable, Dulce Fank and Mangiadu. Last year, along with, of course, incumbent Shea Leverett was the center for the Bulls. Basically, Dulce took over as the starter about a half dozen games into the season. And she, in her first start, by the way, was the reason they won at VCU. She was 10 of 11 in that game, scored 22 points. She ended up averaging a little bit more than 10 points and a little bit more than seven rebounds per game. For the season, her percentage wasn't as strong as it was the previous year at Memphis. She had essentially, and she's quite honest about it, you're about to hear it, and that's why I love it, some games where, you know, if she missed that first shot or first two shots, she would struggle and not be as much of a factor on offense. She had an 0 for 5 against Ole Miss, a 3 for 10 against Jacksonville, but then she had a 9 for 11, 23 points at Tulane. So confidence is a thing that she wants to meet head on. You may or may not recall that Shea Leverett kind of took back over as the starting center in the postseason last year. But no doubt, Dulce Fanka Mengiadu, ironically, like Russ Chiwa, originally from Cameroon, via Walter State Community College, then Memphis, and now very much. A bull. With Dulce, thank you, Minjadu, and this is uh, one of my favorite parts to get to oh, see you again. You. First of all, it's great to see you again. Um, <laughs> how does it feel being back at it? Are you ready? Are you ready oh, to go? I am ready. We are ready. So, yeah. We are ready, and you, being one of the we that's been here for a year now, yeah. you know kind of the, you can show some of the new people what goes into the program, but give people an idea that are listening. What uh, do you learn the first year at USF? The first year I learned a lot because there was a lot to take in with the sets and the people and the environment. It was just too different from where I came from. But right now, I feel like I already have some of the stuff mm. that was really important. I don't need to add up some little things to adjust. You know. Nice. Well, I mean, you could see that you were getting more comfortable as the season went along, but how comfortable would you say you are now? Way more than the end of the season last year. Hmm. I'm not going to lie, last year I really struggled with some, how can I say, like confidence too. Also to keep myself up all the time consistently. Mm-hmm. This time I feel like I'm doing way more than that. I know what I have to do and I'm just getting ready for it. I can definitely see the difference. Uh, when <laughs> did you, you start to feel the difference? Uh, was it mentally like, okay, I gotta, this is more my team now, kind of thing, or what? When? What was it? It was more some kind of disappointment from last year for the fact that we didn't really reach the goals we were meant to reach. I also just said, it, like you said, some mental thing is kind of a blockage, and when you see people, how you say that, people reaching out their goals, like I saw some of the athletes from other schools and also in the WNBA, how they keep up with themselves, how they're confident and all that. And I was like, what is missing for me to be the way they are, you know? And I just kind of did some self-assessment. And that here is, I am. That is, that's great to hear. I mean, you, you put in the work, okay? That's the off the court. People don't see that. Now yeah. on the court, listen, I, I can see your, your skill set. Is there anything <laughs> that you tried to get better at specifically you're working on mostly? I would say finish. Mm-hmm. Being better at finishing and also maybe adding a little more shots because, yeah, I didn't take that much last year, you know. You mean amount of shots or distance? No, like mid-range. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say anything, but I might have seen you <laughs> pulling up from the right side of the baseline and look like it was. you've been practicing it. Because it was like, me out, you know why. Okay. Maybe well, because I missed it. <laughs> well, let's tell, you know, with uh, Shay and Betty no longer there in the middle, uh, you have someone, Emma, who... Mm-hmm give people an idea of where she can shoot from she can oh. step 
Yeah. <laughs> she would be a great addition. I'm just going to say that. I know she's young, a freshman. She needs to gather a lot. You know, coming up freshman, you like you have a lot to take in, especially from here in South Florida. So I feel like when she's going to be able to really be more confident about the stuff she has to do, Mm-hmm. She would be a great addition to this team. And then last thing, I did mention Betty and Shay, and yeah. obviously they were such great leaders on the team. Do you yeah. feel like, I don't say there's no pressure for you to become that, but can, do you think you can maybe become a little bit of that yourself now? They brought something that nobody else did. You right. know, we just got, I, don't, I won't say that we need to replace them, but we need to fill up the gap. And, yeah, like you said, it's Betty in my last year here, so I need to step up to at least adjust so that we don't feel the absence that much. Well, I know you can do it. I know you will. Thank you very much, Dulcie. Thank you. So that'll do it for a little while for our photo shoot interview sit-downs. You've got another 10 that you're going to hear again week after next as we'll be on vacation and Monday will be a full recap show. We're hopefully going to be recapping some victories, not just with football. Tonight, women's volleyball looking for its first conference win had two Matches that were supposed to be at home never get played due to Hurricane Ian, so they're 0-4. Two have been close losses, 15-13 in the fifth set to Memphis, and then again they were up big in the fourth set, lost it last weekend to Tulane, 27-25. Two beatable opponents, although one has won three matches in a row. That's who the Bulls play on Friday night. The East Carolina Pirates, who are 8-10 and overall. Temple is the Sunday opponent. The Owls have just one conference victory, so as I say, chance to possibly post two Ws. This weekend, Jim Lauk will have the call Sunday at 1 o'clock for that one. Both soccer teams play on Sunday. We won't have a broadcast of the women because they're in Greenville, North Carolina, but that's a key match. UCF won a makeup match last night to jump into first place in the conference. If the Bulls win on Sunday, I'm telling you, you can pretty much mark it down. It's going to come down to the Warren I-4 deciding who wins the regular season champion. So we possibly look forward to that. By the time we hit the air on Sunday night, we'll know, of course, what happened in that match. We'll tell you about it. And we'll be on the air for men's soccer against FIU. And we told you all about the loss to Stetson on yesterday's show. One footnote we didn't mention, the Bulls. Remember, they couldn't score. That was the issue. Their first four games, they got shut out. Well, the good news is they're scoring. Now they've got to hang on to leads. Six matches in a row with a second-half lead, but only three wins, including the loss the other night. But if they beat FIU, that'll be a distant memory. And again, coming up at about 5 till, we'll take you around the American. Don't forget that cross country for the first time in three years is running today at home at the Claw. The 5K race for the women is at 5 o'clock. And then at 5.30, the 8K for the men, about 20 teams in the field for the event that USF is hosting. And that's the end of the regular season. The cross country conference championship race is in a couple of weeks. So a lot to recap for you on Monday's show. Again, we'll have volleyball and men's soccer for you this weekend. Also women's tennis playing at an event hosted by Georgia Tech. So it's going to be a busy Monday show. Keep those horns up this homecoming weekend. I'm Derek Sharp.